Good point. Awesome. If you're watching Hi. on the recording, right, and you don't want to miss out on the live events, latinosinclinicalresearch.com, sign up to the email list. Thank you for telling me, Monica, and off to you, Ashley. Awesome. Thank you so much. Hi, Latinos in Clinical Research. So today we have two very special guests, guests from MAPS. So if you don't, if you're not aware of MAPS, uh, you should be, right? Definitely go Google it. They uh, stand for Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. Uh, so they were originally founded in 1986, and they are a nonprofit research and educational organization that develops medical, legal, and cultural context for people uh, to benefit from careful use of psychedelics and marijuana. And I'm personally a huge fan. I've followed for quite a while, so very excited to uh, have them here to speak today. Um, so first, we have the Chief Scientific Officer, Beta Yazar Kloskinski, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, she has a PhD. And then we have the Associate Medical Director, Sarah J. Garcia Velasquez, who's an MD. So um, thank you guys so much for being here. If y'all want to go ahead and, you know, take take a doing right now and kind of introduce yourself and give us a little bit more information on MAPS. Great, thank you, Ashley. Um, so I have a PhD in molecular cell and developmental biology, and um, I've, I started uh, my role at MAPS as a data entry intern uh, when I was just finishing up my PhD. Uh, and I quickly moved into uh, being a clinical research associate and then a clinical research scientist, uh, and then moved into regulatory affairs. Now I'm the acting director of regulatory affairs and also overseeing um, the R&D uh, and regulatory affairs business unit. Um, Sarah, would you like to do a brief overview of your background? Of course. Hi there, I'm Sarah Garcia Velasquez and I am a general physician. I am originally from Mexico. That's where I obtained my degree. I treated uh, several, um, for several years, I treated patients and did research in rural Mexico. And then I came here to the U.S. and continued doing research, uh, mostly in neurology and chronic degenerative diseases. And I've been at MAPS for almost uh, two years now. I am the medical lead for our pivotal uh, phase three program, which is the program that is working uh, for our uh, NDA of uh, MDMA to get approved for MDMA assisted therapy. And um, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Great, thanks Sarah. Um, so I wanna start with just uh, laying the groundwork in, in terms of what is MAPS. Uh, so. MAPS, um, as Ashley said, is a nonprofit organization, uh, but we've actually created uh, two wholly owned subsidiary companies that are benefit corporations um, that carry out the research mission of MAPS. And uh, so um, Sarah is actually an employee at the MAPS Public Benefit Corporation, which is the, the largest of the three companies um, and is continuing to grow. So um, our we have multiple uh, research pipelines, um, and the the most advanced is MDMA-assisted therapy for the treatment of post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, so um, it's we're currently in our confirmatory phase three clinical trial, and um, uh, I think that it might be a good idea, Sarah, just to like talk a little bit about um, like your experience of working in the team um, that's really carrying forward this amazing and advanced program. 
Like, what do you do on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, so I work in the medical science and uh, and safety department. So what that means is that we're in charge of overseeing the safety and medical congruency of of the trial and, and the data coming in. We do a lot of support for our clinical operations team. That's the CRAs, the CTLs, the program managers. We work very closely with them as well to push forward the projects and uh, and studies and, and make it viable and safe for uh, participants. Mm-hmm. And uh, can you talk a little bit about like um, maybe some of the uh, diversity, equity and inclusion work also that's been um, primarily led by the medical science and safety team. Um, yeah, I think that'd yeah. be helpful for the, for the crew. Yeah, we have a uh, diversity working group that's been working together uh, for a while now. And we, we have uh, a few of our internal team members and we also have external consultants that work at our sites. So that is uh, the time that we have to improve on our processes for recruitment to make uh, the studies uh, more viable and appropriate for uh, BIPOC and diverse populations. And so what that looks like is that we come together and and we get very nitty gritty. We talk about what does the ICF language look like? We talk about uh, what is the recruit, what did the recruitment materials say? Uh, What are are, are the words and the container that we're creating? Are they um, really creating an environment where it will uh, attract and uh, be safe for for people of diverse cultures to be a part of these trials. Thanks. Um, uh, the, I, I would love to make a question about it. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, this this just I mean um, I have uh, we have talked in the past with other members of MAPS, and I have noticed that just the group the the, the workforce is very diverse. And uh, uh, I would like to tip on that. Is that that has bring, uh, like for example, what uh, what she was what Sarah was mentioning, is that that has bring um, um, positive impact when you guys are uh, working on diversity for the patient population in the documentation and all of that. Yeah. Uh, so we. Um... We actually started out our um, phase three uh, program in November 2018 with a staff retreat. And in that staff retreat, we all went through um, an experience of participating in a um, DEI workshop. And, uh, you know, we knew that the company was going to start to grow from that point onward pretty rapidly. And we wanted to take advantage of the growth to be able to diversify our workforce um, so that we could also reach more diverse patients and also work with more diverse um, cl- uh, groups of clinicians. So um, we started out with doing our own internal work um, on our staff. And then now you can see the ripple effects of that work um, carrying throughout the rest of the research and then hopefully into really generalizable um, clinical trials um, so Sarah, I think we've had some recent good news on this front, haven't we? When we were looking at some of the race and ethnicity data coming from our phase three trial, um, can yeah. you summarize that? 
Yeah, the, our our second uh, phase three trial, we've oh. we've, the, we've done two, and uh, so the second one that's currently ongoing, uh, the percentages of uh, BIPOC uh, populations uh, have uh, gone up uh, by more more than fifty percent than our than our original one. So we're we're very excited and and happy about that. It's been a huge push and. You know, it feels really good to be able to see those uh, results. Um, as as you probably know, working in diversity, it's sometimes you you work on day to day, and it's hard to see results. So when those come in, it's uh, it's been very nice and heartwarming. And then um, also among our staff, we um, Sarah and I were chatting about this because we um, we had a little joint project of trans of and doing an in-house translation of the abstract of our phase three publication in Nature Medicine um, that came out in May, 2021. We just kind of got a little task force together and um, uh, collected the you know first generation immigrants who felt comfortable with translating to come up with um, a variety of languages, you know, of translated abstracts um, for dissemination around the world. And I think that is something that we'd like to do more going forward. Um, I'd also like to mention the, the countries that we're active in. Uh, so um, I mentioned there's there's the two subsidiary companies. So um, MAPS Public Benefit Corporation is based in the United States. MAPS Europe is based in um, the Netherlands and uh, is our, so MAPS Europe is our European legal entity that is the designated sponsor for European clinical trials and um, also those in the UK. Uh, so the countries though that we are um, active in with, with actively conducting clinical trials are, um, the list is just amazing actually, I think. So I just wanna share a couple. Um, so we have US, Israel, Canada. Um, we have, uh, you know, in, um, in Europe, we have the Czech Republic, Norway, um, the Netherlands, Germany, Portugal, Spain, um, and uh, the UK and, um, did I miss any? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, yeah, and then also we've supported investigator-initiated trials in South America. Uh, so it, we supported a small study in Brazil, um, and we're looking into, um, you know, aligning our global regulatory filing strategy with um, what it actually takes to be able to do psychotherapy augmented with a drug of um, where that has carries a lot of stigma. So there's a lot of um, cross-cultural adaptation considerations that have to be made um, because psychotherapy doesn't look the same in, in every country. Um, so, and now I'm hiring for a head of um, global regulatory affairs uh, to be able to really push the envelope on this um, in multiple countries. And we're probably gonna start to collaborate with some NGOs uh, that deliver uh, mental health services in like 30 plus countries. So um, so there's a lot of opportunity for jobs and um, I think we've passed on some of our jobs for the jobs board um, to you already and um, we're actively hiring. So um, yeah. Yeah, uh, I have two questions about the, uh, what you just mentioned. Yeah. First one is, for example, if somebody is, if a doctor in South America uh, would like to have to to have or to share the project with you guys, how can they reach out, uh, or what's the process? Yeah, we um, 
we have a web form currently that uh, is kind of a research and trust form. Um, it's iit.maps.org and I'll put it into the chat. Um, we can't um, take everybody um, though that, <laughs> um, that expresses interest, but uh, we do try. Um, and there it is in the chat. Uh, so I think um, there's also a pretty heavy training component in, in what we offer. So even if we can't accommodate our like, research interest, um, we can still think of ways of providing training for the clinicians, like a physician or, um, or a mental health practitioner um, who's interested in learning more about psychedelic-assisted therapies. Uh, so there's multiple ways to get engaged. And then also we maintain a list, a worldwide list of psychedelic societies, which I'll also put um, in the chat so that uh, we can, and I can share the links after the call too. Okay. And then actually, well, I have two more questions. <laughs> then the other question will be for the principal investigators here in United States that will love to participate as uh, sites uh, to carry out the clinical trials for MAPS. How can they uh, reach out or how can they be, be part of your uh, list? Yeah, I think um, we haven't uh, yet made a web form for that and I think it might be time. <laughs> I think I'll, I'll have to pass that on later, but um, yeah, we're, uh, we're actively, you know, on the home run for the for the phase okay. three clinical trials. And so I would anticipate that um, we'll have openings for um, potential sites as we um, expand into new indications because we have the, um, the great advantage of having lots of options in terms of new indications for this treatment. Okay, okay, awesome, that's wonderful. And uh, then my next question is in regards to job opportunities. Um, because uh, a lot of our audience uh, will be looking for that too, as the organization is very exciting to work for. And especially because our uh, audience is uh, such a diverse group of uh, people, uh, where they can go and take a look. Is that uh, the process is through the website or, or can they just send directly their CVs or how does it works? Yeah, we have a, we do have a web form for that one. <laughs> So uh, mapspublicbenefit.com slash careers, uh, and, I'll, and I'll provide that link as well. Uh, we have a, a job board um, on um, the website link I just mentioned, and then people can apply online. Um, and we, uh, I think that it's safe to say, Sarah, right, that we're very excited about um, multicultural applicants because it really helps us to be able to make better um, plans around like the cross-cultural adaptation of the treatment itself. Okay, and um, do you guys have any internship program? Yeah, so as I mentioned, I had started out as an intern and- um, because Oh yeah, I, I, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, we, uh, we have taken in interns at a variety of levels over the years um, and we provide training uh, to the interns in terms of, uh, you know, how to do entry-level clinical research tasks. Uh, we also have clinical study assistants that are coming um, into the field and are very new. Uh, so I think there's a variety of ways of engaging um, at the entry level. I, I will also have data management associate positions open um, shortly. So 
depending on the person's area of interest and aptitude uh, around things like systems or data or um, you know clinical studies, I think uh, there's lots of ways for us to both take interns as well as um, hire as employees. And usually uh, what we see is that interns stay on um, and become employees themselves and um, and move up the ranks. So yeah, is that, yeah, of course. I mean, the, the important thing is to put the, your feet on it, right? Yeah. So is that available also uh, on the website? Uh, we usually post our internships on the job board as well. Uh, and also what we've done in the past is um, when, when we have, um, you know, we, we've also just received kind of inquiries through our um, Ask Maps email uh, where people just want to say, hey, do you guys offer internships? This is my background. Um, but it, sometimes that's a, a bit harder to make a match. Um, and we do um, provide, you know, mentorship as a part of the internship. So we can't always um, take on interns. Uh, it'll depend on the, the timing and um, stage of the specific program. Okay. Um, I, great. Oh, go ahead, Nan. Go ahead. Yeah, Bear. I was just I was gonna ask. Um, so, in that sense, are you more like a CRO, or do you like where do you get the science from, and do they approach you? I'm assuming the value add is you help with the CRO stuff, but is there like do you get involved on the path to commercialization? Uh, because I know a lot of these scientists just have ideas, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's commercially viable. So how does that, like, where do you guys fit in into that process? Yeah, we're not a CRO. We, um, we're working, uh, on the sponsor side. Uh, so MAPS is the nonprofit and has delegated all the research activities and sponsor responsibilities to the public benefit corporation subsidiary. Uh, and, a lot of the science is driven by the Mass Public Benefit Corporation. I would say, in fact, all of it. Um, and then we're currently entertaining um, the idea of um, bringing in CROs to further support okay. our operations. It has been a challenge to hire in the midst of the pandemic. And we're a fully distributed company, which is also worth mentioning. And we're in 29 different states. So um Okay. Very distributed. <laughs> so you, and, you would be contracting, like, let's say for a large phase three study, you would be contracting out to one of the CROs? Uh, no, for the large phase three study, we kept it in-house because oh. we need to make sure that it's um, done to our internal standards. Um, for the pre-approval um, pragmatic trials uh, and uh various other kinds of like compassionate use programs um, we may choose to contract those out to zeros okay makes sense okay well, that makes uh, more sense thank you mm -hmm. um i was actually curious going back to what monica was talking about um so if you're a cra or a clinical research coordinator right and you have all this experience but you know you kind of want to go into psychedelics i mean I, I know i'll eventually be at that point where i'm gonna finally want to you know, venture out into that. Um, but if that's the case, so is there, is it necessary to have the background already or the knowledge or at least some of um, some sort of therapeutic exposure uh, in research prior to it? No, um, no I think it's, uh, Sarah, I'd love to hear how you, um, how you went with your 
career on this one um, first, and then maybe I can um, supplement. Yeah. Um, so I, I started as a as a coordinator um, back in the day, getting my feet wet for research in the U.S. and uh, and then worked my way up into sponsor. And I think that having that background as as a coordinator and having experience with uh, CRA. Uh, and the sponsor and just uh, having that continuous uh, leading uh, the trial uh, with the investigators, because as we all know, coordinators are like the spearhead <laughs> of the trials <laughs> and uh, they're worth their weight in gold. So I think that that uh, experience is, is completely uh, useful and necessary like to, to make a jump to CRA to any sponsor, uh, including NITMAPS. So just a, a, a good grasp on, on clinical research. Awesome. And for you, Sarah, were, were you always at MAPS since way back into uh, when you were a coordinator or you were previous uh, in some other studies? No, I worked in, in other sites and, and other companies, um, mostly, as I mentioned, in, in neurology. The, the, the company that I worked for before, before MAPS uh, was a company that was for decentralized uh, trials. So that also uh, gave me a, a lot of uh, useful experience that I brought to MAPS. So you know, any, any work in clinical research will like pave your way into what you're looking for and, and what you want to do. And uh, I'm, I think MAPS is, is the only place where I've used all of my skills and all of my experience. Not, not one has gone untouched. Awesome. And I, I'm curious for, since you've had previous experience and with other sites and, and studies, et cetera. Um, how would you, how do you feel with maps, you know, um, work-wise? Cause you know, sometimes, you know, uh, in general research is very rewarding at times it can be a little bit, you know, paperwork and all of that good stuff. Um, but what do you personally get out of maps, you know, with the work that you're doing? Cause it is different, you know, and, and I, I think that that's why maps in general for me stood out so much. And since I was in college, so, um, you know, what do you personally get out of it and why do you feel it so um, brings you so much purpose? I guess. I mean, I've known about maps since I was a child. <laughs> I've always wanted to work at maps. So to me, it's my dream job. So I even though I have uh, those same moments where it's like, oh, my goodness, this data set is so long. Like, I'm so tired at looking at this Excel sheet. Like, that happens anywhere, I think. But the, the work that, that is being done and, and the purpose and the, the therapeutic area and the people that I work with um, is just so rewarding. And it, it's, it's oh, the, the balance of the tedious and, and the reward is just so disproportionate. Amazing. That's a great answer. Uh, and we're actually coming close to the midpoint. Um, but something I guess I personally would like to I mean, kind of end off on is um, what would you say is maybe one of one of the major things that, you know, uh, those that are, you know, barely learn about maps for the first time that might misconstrue what the day to day work would be as a research professional, um, you know, working with one of the studies that y'all have. Yeah, maybe I'll take a stab at that. Um, so I think you know, people have all sorts of ideas about how we work and um, mostly it's, it's just like any other work from home kind of a job. There's dogs and kids and, you know, soccer practice and stuff. Um, but uh, I think a lot of people think that we're just sitting around smoking pot all the time or something. And that really isn't the case. 
<laughs> um, uh, often uh, we're really working hard and um, I think that we are trying to, each of us are, you know, trying to balance um, the unmet medical need in the patients that patient population that we're trying to help um, with our individual and company um, capacity constraints. And so um, it's uh, very important to really stay focused in order to be able to serve the patients the fastest <laughs> in the in the most maximal way possible. And also to the prior question, um, we are, like I personally am involved also in, in some of the commercialization discussions. Um, and I do a lot of public speaking, uh, you know, and presentations at conferences to um, the NIH. And uh, so my day-to-day -day is, is really just going from like, I'll do a webinar for Stanford. I'll like participate in a workshop with the NIH. Then I'll go do a regulatory agency meeting with Norway. So it's, um, it's, it's quite fast moving and switching from one thing to the next. Um, and there's, uh, lately I have been working on my work life balance and, um, you know, exercising every day. So that's been helpful. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. I have a question for each of you. So for Vera, um, uh, what would you tell the people that starting the new, uh, the, uh, a new career in research? Uh, what would you tell them? I mean, uh, like a, a, a tip or something, because obviously you started as a data, in data management, was it, right? Yeah, and like, and, I mean, I did it all. <laughs> I did data entry well, and then I went into clinical Exactly, research. so you started uh, uh, data entry, which is one of the most, uh, probably most basic uh, areas, right? And now you are the chief scientific officer. So, I mean, like, wow. In how long? How long? It oh, took you? Um, 12, 12 years. Okay. So could you please tell the people out there <laughs> to motivate okay. them? <laughs> so the people out there, um, it's uh, having good attention to detail and trying to approach um, what may seem like a tedious task with curiosity and um using it as an opportunity to learn is uh, something that I did. So I would file all the essential documents, but I would also um, take a little time to just skim it um, so that I understood what the meaning behind it was. Um, and with data also, it's just, you know, a bunch of numbers on an Excel spreadsheet, but thinking about the meaning behind it and asking questions and, um, and also looking up publications uh, is, is how I ended up really um, advancing. Awesome. Thank you for that answer. And now for you, Sarah, for all the doctors that come from overseas, uh, because we have plenty of, of doctors that come from overseas and, and oftentimes they don't even know they can be in research, right? So you will be uh, uh, obviously, a, a motivator. A motivator for this. What would you tell them? To to know that when when you get here, it's it's really easy to um, you know be, be a little bit uh, nervous and frightful because you you don't know maybe the culture or, or the work culture. That was kind of hard for me to understand because it's so different from Mexico. But to know. Uh, your your worth and that you have you know you, you're a doctor you've been or whatever it is the background that you have that you've 
worked and you uh, are aware of what the things that you can do and that that doesn't go away when you cross a border that stays with you and that uh, more than going away, it's a really important perspective because there's plenty of patients and people that need your perspective as a scientist, as a doctor from the place that you come from and as an immigrant. So keeping that in mind, knowing your worth and, and not letting companies uh, tell you that you can't uh, be in a certain role because your MD is from elsewhere because I had to deal with that a lot. And just knowing how to navigate that and you know, not accepting no for an answer when you know you can do the job. Oh, I love you guys' answers. Yeah. <laughs> Both of your Thank answers you. amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was beautiful. I have to send that clip to the, uh, we have an international medical graduate from Mexico, actually. I'm trying to convince him to be a coordinator. So I'm gonna splice that minute from Sarah out and send it to him. Thank you. Thank you for helping, Sarah. Dan, I actually have one for you. Okay. All right. Uh, we got one question. Anybody questions for MAPS? Let me know. Perla had a question. Perla said she'd like to know more about the uh, the DENI um, exercises at the retreat. Uh, yeah. So um, I think this predated Sarah. Um, so I'll I'll take this one. Um, what we did is uh, we hired uh, uh, two DEI consultants. Um, they did a whole day workshop with all the, all the staff um, in our company. And we uh, really went in depth with um, actually reviewing American history, the way that it should have been taught. Um, and people were crying. Um, they really had not understood the, you know, the misconceptions that they were raised on. Um, and I think for me, because um, I grew up partially in Turkey uh, from age nine to 17, I had missed out on all that American history entirely. And it was very shocking for me as well. Um, and my parents had both um, uh, become naturalized uh, when I was uh, a baby. So I think that um, it's, it was really eye-opening and um, helped us realize how messed up it is. Um, so with that background, we really were able to rally around um, everybody around making a change and, uh, and committing to do this kind of work on an ongoing basis. So Subsequently, after the retreat, we um, we set up a work uh, a working group with the senior leadership team uh, and started just meeting uh, on a weekly basis and just coming up with like, okay, what can be done? What are the resources out there? How can we incorporate this into our business practices? And then use that to first do the inner work and then do the um, uh, do the company work and then the research work and create change in the world. Wow. What an amazing company to work for. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you both so much. We really appreciate all your input today and everything just that you shared with us. We appreciate your story. And, um, for those of you that are here today and those that you're going to be watching later, um, 
we do very much plan to have them on throughout the year. There's so much that MAPS has to share and that we're personally very interested uh, on learning more about. So uh, just, you know, always keep your um, eyes out on LinkedIn and on our social media platforms because, you know, they will be back for sure. But uh, Dan, if you want to go ahead and, and take it from here. Yes, thank you. So thank you, MAPS team. It was great. Uh, hopefully we get to do more with you guys. Uh, I know for me, it was interesting to learn about your guys' uh, business model and how you operate. Carla Veranavas, are you there? Can you come show yourself? Reveal, reveal yourself. Okay, Carla and Javier. So I've never met Carla. Carla was in Arizona last weekend, but th there was no way I could get out there. It was a three-hour drive. I had, a, I had a lot going on. First screening visit. I couldn't do it, but I met Chris and I both met her husband, Javier, in LA right before the pandemic hit. And it was like the coldest. All I remember was the coldest day in LA history. It was like 45 degrees outside Wind. and windy. It was like, it doesn't get the, it does not get like that out there. Uh, <laughs> but we had like a amazing dinner, two hour long conversation and you know, with Valentine's Day around the corner, the LICR team and a lot from the community were like, you know what, w would like to talk more about couples in research, because a lot of people uh, in our industry um, do not work in the same industry as their significant other, but there are those who do. And I think it's actually increasing. I know it's just anecdotal, but I think it's increasing. I think working from home did something to a lot of couples where they're looking at what their significant others doing and say, well, I can do this too. What are you doing? You're like, it's not that, not that complicated. So, but Carla and Javier, they've been doing this for a while, 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 for a while. I don't know what happened. It's my camera. It's my camera. I don't know what happened. I don't know where I left off. I don't know where I left off, but I was I was onto something. I'm not that wild. So you guys, you guys worked together before uh, the uh, work from home thing, right? And I know, like a lot of people, I don't know, Monica, if you want to share your story with you know with your spouse <laughs> but there's a lot of people i'm noticing are starting to work in research together as couples whether it's the same company like carla and her husband carla started her cro and we could get into that or just working in the same industry or maybe at the same company i kid you not the monitor today that did my site selection visit her husband's also a monitor for another cro so I don't know. Something's up. So Carla, Javier, welcome. Thank you guys for coming. Hi, guys. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you. So what's so, it like to work? Because you guys work together like before it was cool to work from home and work together. You did that. You've been doing this for a while. Yes. But let me before we start, let me let me tell you, I have to tell it to Vera and Sarah. I, I take my hat off. I see young Hispanic or different uh, racial women taking this on. And it's really a... I'm very proud to be a young woman. I mean, and myself though, because it's not that young. But I, I, I love them. See Sarah and and um, Vera with their energy and just 
looking forward to help the community. It's it's very it's very encouraged. you know encouraged to see them, the next generation of of upcoming uh, professionals that we have coming. That's right. That's right. Um, absolutely. So what what is it like? Like you guys, you first of all, just give everyone like maybe a two minute overview of your company. It's your own CRO. You started it. I know my company is about to collaborate with you on a potentially big project. Um, but how did you get started with your CRO? Because you right. have a great story, Carla. Let's go like two minutes out your story. It's amazing. Compressive. Compressive. Okay. So, um, <laughs> so let me correct that. We're not a CRO. We yeah. are a service provider for sponsors and uh, pharmaceutical companies or CRO services. So let me just clarify that. Okay. Um, can we pull the whole CRO thing? Yes, we can because we have several connections that we can have protocol medical writing people and stuff like that, and it's not an issue. But um, normally, like we have a very small biotech contact me and said, okay, this is what we want to do. Can you help us? And I'll be able to provide all those services in a package. So kind of one thing. Um, my background, I, my first job was in research. Uh, when I was 18 years old, first from Ecuador in the United States, I started working here in um, a company called um, that uh, phase one studies only. Okay. So that's and, and the person who was handling the protocols, I mean, the, the consents to the patients, uh, getting the patient's ID to writing in the system, that was me. So basically I started um, kind of an admin person, a secretary to um, data entry, to coordinating studies, to becoming senior coordinator, uh, you know, uh, quality assurance, uh, handling monitors and so on into a, um, company who develops uh, or have sites in Latin America only needed a CRA. And at that time, I'm talking about, I don't know, maybe 15 to 20 years ago, we didn't have many CRAs who spoke Spanish. So they gave me the opportunity to become a CRA uh, in Latin America. So that's how my role started because I understood research so well. We were able to develop like about eight to 10 sites in Latin America, where literally we get doctors that did not know anything about research and we make them uh, doctors, investigators with research experience and have enough experience. So we get re a lot of returning clients. Um, one, of, one of the model that works for Latin America, it's because there's a lot of conditions in the US that we don't have uh, that outside. we don't have here that we have outside. For example, it works a lot in dermatology because here we don't have any many impetigo cases or acne naive because you can go to the pharmacy and get oh. a treatment. Over there, it's, it's kind of more difficult and a little bit more expensive. So it, it, it works both ways. So um, I uh, came back, I decided oh, when you work overseas, it's weeks at a time that you are out of. It's not just two or three days, it's just weeks because the sponsor is not gonna pay a trip uh, out of the country just for you to do a visit. So I had to do two or three visits at a time, which caused myself to be out of home a lot. And that took away on, on our family and things like that. So I decided to um, do a little bit more CRA services when it came here to the US uh, for a big CRO and come to find out it was just as much or worse than working mm. in Latin America because the amount of work that I've had was intense. Um, so I got I got to ask. So because when mm -hmm. I had dinner with Javier, I know your media background, uh, Univision, yes. I think, right? 
Telemundo. Yeah. Oh, Telemundo. Okay, I knew it was one of those two. Okay, so was it, do you think that has a lot to do with why you guys work together because of the early <laughs> days when you could not see each other maybe that often? So you figured, you know what, let's just work together. Has that had something to do with it? Well, part, part of it, uh, most likely it was more the, the chance to expand our not only, you know, get in, the same, in the same field, but also having the chance to grow as, as a company, uh, as, as, a, a business, yeah. as a business model, because it's easier to build a business with somebody that you trust, you love, and, you know, it's going to take your company to the next level, like my wife and I. So I took that opportunity plus, like I told you that, that time, uh, the time. Time is valuable. The the eight to nine, the nine to five is not working. It's, it's never worked. Uh, it sucks you up. It you know turn you down, and they don't offer anything. So, so one of the the issue, one one of the main uh, benefits of it is sharing more time together, working in the same field, and grow as we work instead of just giving your lungs to somebody else. So that that's pretty much it. I like and, I love, and I love, yeah, and I love this, this this area. I like medicine. I like uh, science. So I, I'm. Yeah, I, he he completed it really well. It's it's not, um, and thing and, and I think one of the things that really um, like took ahead for us is when we started a little bit more in the pandemic. Um, we both were home, and we were not used to that. But we were both home with four kids, and it really changed the 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 chemistry in the house because I'm usually out so I was here you know trying to see it's milk over I'm gonna go see the meal you know get the milk it did so something wrong out let me go out so we switch the roles we kind of switch the roles yes so now uh, mom is becoming more available to the kids which is uh, a new thing for them and a new thing for me because Thursdays man I would rather do 24 hours CRA than two hours mom <laughs> my Canada is staying home like. <laughs> that's funny well you're probably setting a good example for your kids I mean that that's something we could talk about later one of the things that we're trying to do as an organization Latinos and clinical researchers try to reach the youth more I mean we we're trying with the colleges first but ultimately we want to go to high schools and even lower if we can just to sh give an idea even if it's like a superficial idea of what clinical research is and that it's a career option because a lot of people start in this industry on accident and um, we think that that's there's a better way to do that. And you uh, go ahead, Ash. I had a quick question. So, um, working together, as you say, you're kind of, I guess, say, vibing off of each other's strengths and you know, harmoniously working like that. Um, have you personally found though that um, you know, at least more specifically when it comes to work, that um, you're able to now pinpoint um, weaknesses that you might have professionally? Right, and then kind of help critique each other as to where you're also still growing professionally, individually, and then ultimately it kind of uh, progressing into your, your your company. Yeah, I think I think we have. Um, yeah. When um, I started, she was my coach, teacher, and boss. So at the same time, so that trifecta make me, you know, make me to my work better in a way, and to getting into more into. Not just doing a paper, just doing the work like a job, like, you know, 
-hmm. but more to care about what I'm doing because it's my image at the end of the day. So that, you know, and I critique, you know, we critique each other to better. So that, that's something very and, neat. And one of the things we notice is like, I'm very detail oriented to the extreme and he will look at it, the more structure or the look outside the box. So we help each other, especially when it comes to do business decision. I'll be like, we can do this because of this, this, this. And he's like, what do you mean we can? There is so many ways to deal with that. So we, I think we complement each other really well because of that. And um, it helps us a lot. Like, um, you know, he might have a doubt in a regulation and I don't know that, but he makes me look at it. Well, what about if the doctor do this? So it's not incorrect but there is so many ways that you can address an issue correct so that really helped us out here <laughs> i think I, I would like to say something oh sorry carla i think i mean one of the things that i that i have uh, um how can i say that i got from you is that you have a lot of passion for research and i and I think that's that's something that attracts other people. And that's probably also why your husband ended up doing it. Because I mean, when you're so passionate about something, uh, they will say, What is that? What is that so nice? Why she love it or why he love it so much? I want to know. I want to experience the same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of the things that, that they always the the most recurrent question is what do you do for a living? <laughs> and then the answer is we do clinical research. And then it's like, what is that? <laughs> but then you explain that. And then they say, oh, so it's like this. No, no, Linda, listen. So <laughs> we start re-explain and re-explain and they, and the, and the end of the day, they, they kind of grasp the idea what clinical research means and entitles and what it embarks because it's a lot. Yeah. It's not only about medicine. Yeah. It's, it's about, Everything is like how to affect a, a subject, what is out in the in the market, why is doing this, why is doing that. So I guess that is the 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 main thing that pulled me into the into her realm because I was really really <laughs> the opposite way, but still it was something that kind of got me in in, in the beginning. But she, you know, turned into a you should try this and then oh okay i like it <laughs> so that's how how we ended up at the, at the you know till today and i think in research oh sorry go ahead just following up on your question one of the things we are trying to do here is that in order to explain what we do um we are explaining what we believe in so yeah. we believe in quality care and because we believe in quality care we do clinical research as and such, such, such thing. Cause we, yeah. we understand now that for people to understand what is it that you do for a career, they, it's better for them to see what is it that you believe in to know how much passionate you are yeah. for it. So I believe um, that quality care should be available for anyone and everyone in this, in everywhere. So this is why we do clinical we research. So, and, and then everything follows the order. And again, that those type of thoughts sometimes comes when we don't care a lot. Because yeah. you know, I think in one of previous podcasts I said, I, you know, even think of research when I'm showering, <laughs> and it's true. I'm like, you give me a problem, and I'm trying to figure out how to get from A to B and from B to C 
you know, to, to develop that. And I don't know if it's skill. I don't know if something that only people that really care, Vera can, can help me out there, but um, we are like that. People that care for the community are like that. And this is the best trend that you're gonna find if you wanna do research that I think that's one of the hard skills that you need for uh, to work in this part. I agree with that point of view. <laughs> I think research somehow is, I, I mean, it's so fulfilling in many ways that it's almost like a poison. Whenever you get into research, it's really hard to get off because this, this, the research wall has everything you can think of. If you like advertisement, we have advertisement in research. Yeah. And then if you're doing, if you're doing that, in, for sure, you're gonna get involved in something else. So it's, it happens with every single career and every people that gets into research, I think, or the majority at least. And believe it or not, that's how I kind of started because our family had a research site. And then so that happens that I saw a contract or I heard like like they advertisement advertising. Uh -huh. and I love designing. And then, oh, I can do the binance, I can do this, I can do so that. So I started doing the, the all advertising for the site. Then the next step was um building the you know the try to design the commercial design, the, the audio page. the web page yeah all the stuff start like building up and then you know a little bit more <laughs> you know, a little bit more with i guess the the point of like i like i def definitely i wanted to know more it was one of the back like 10 years ago uh studying alzheimer's they oh, explained yeah. it so, so well, well. Mm -hmm. with a documentary with a science background, la, 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 la. I was like, oh my God, I need to yeah. know more. So yeah. I started like little by little, pull yeah. me, yeah. drag me into that. And that's and that's really for us as, as when we had a site, um, it really helped us because I didn't have to explain to a developer we need to get this approved for the consent. You cannot put it on. So it, it's just hard sometimes to have people understand that, you know, even if you change a letter, it calls you an issue. Yeah. Uh, so we took advantage of that, honestly. So, <laughs> but yeah, it really, it really helped well. So he, he kind of grasped it, but, um, we have, I think we had, uh, maybe like two or three people that we had changed them from coordinators to CRA roles. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't claim myself as a mentor. I, I am trying to become a married mentor, a better mentor, but I do like to help people. Like if I see someone that wants to really change from coordinator role to CRA and they have a potential, I'm there to help them become that bridge that they need. Absolutely love, I mean, I, I have heard your story so many times and I, every time is something new, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think I interviewed Carla twice and Javier once in person with Chris. Chris is there, I think yeah. you remember that frigid day. Um, yeah, you know, one the CRA today I was talking to, I, we both kind of agree, and I think anyone who works in the industry would agree right now that the industry is, in, there's such a demand for workers, but the industry is still refusing to take the chance on somebody who's naive or research naive. So it really boils down to like the small business and who does the small business turn to? It's family. I mean, I know from my experience, like I have a new site. I needed a coordinator. Guess who I turned to? My niece, who's a medical assistant. Yeah. Um, now she moved to Vegas with her boyfriend. So guess who I turned to after that? My wife. 
And it, you just keep turning to people in your inner circle because you need people, right? Trustful. It's about trust. It's yeah. about uh, something that is going to carry whatever you're going to pour into the people. It's going to duplicate that. It's, it's about that. And then the other thing is that because, you know, you have a site and you don't want to have your site having a, 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 you know, someone carry an issue with your site. So you trust your family. Um, but also that... <laughs> Plus, your family will work for no pay. They'll work for free. <laughs> that's love. That's maybe, true love. Maybe right that's there. why nobody wants to work with me. Huh? <laughs> nobody in my family. <laughs> yes, they will help you regardless. And those seven, eight, nine, oh, ten yeah. hours a day of work, they, they are there. Yeah, yeah. Remember and, sleepless nights. Yeah, we had a couple everyone. of phase one studies where our technician was like, oh, I'm sick and, and you have to do the pick a blood. So yes. guess who will go at midnight to do the blood? Because if not, what will tell the client? So, <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it, I, it just happens. Um, but I think uh, one of the other things is or issues that I see in the industry and why couples are getting together is because one, they're not allowing uh, new people naive or they don't have a really good partnership or mentor program that helps the new upcoming uh, CRAs or coordinators. And that's what the smaller places facilitate. Because for example, you, you have your wife, but then if you get someone else, your wife is gonna care much about your business that they will train this person in the exactly correct way. And that's what we do in our side. Like I have, obviously I don't have an office, I have a home office. So my, the people that I work with, they come to my, my office, my living room, and they see the craziness and they see that every minute that I get to give them with knowledge, it, it's, it's not just exactly, it's just valuable. And I always tell them, you know, what you're doing now, it's an interview for tomorrow, because even if we hang up today, I don't know if, you know, later on, I'm going to, meet with Dan in another job or Monica or you, Judy, in another place and your recommendation might be valuable for me to get that contract to get that job. So it's really important that we put that as a first because it's not only the company, it's you. You carry the title everywhere you go in this yeah. small world. I think, I think all, you, all you need is a chance sometimes and you know, family is the best suited to give that. I mean, look at Sarah you know, the previous guest from, from maps, she's, she's a medical monitor. Somebody had to give her that chance and IMG can be a medical monitor, but it's hard for bigger companies to give somebody that chance. So now she had that chance. Guess what? Nobody else is going to be taking a chance next time. She's medical monitor. Now she's a uh, associate medical director. So that's what it takes. It just takes the first chance. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And another thing that I also get asked is like, why haven't you, I do have my own um, monitoring services. And I don't know, I don't like so much the corporate America type of thing when it comes to CROs, you know how I, I, I love the CRAs. I don't blame the CROs. I think we could do it better. Um, but why haven't we grown much is because we want to give that quality of time still mm -hmm. to the client and to every CRA that comes in because it's not about quantity. Mm -hmm. Once we forget about why we're doing it, then everything goes bad. So we need to have that care. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what we're finding out. I think more and more that um, still with, with quantity, you are able to accomplish a lot more than with just quantity. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and that's why they go to the smaller businesses. I've been saying small is the new big. I think Maps is actually a good representation of that, even though they're probably bigger now, but they still provide like that niche type of service yes. that you can't get and, from Ikevia or. And like they were just mentioning right now is, is that they work uh, in the inside, they worked in her first, the in-home, in-house, making sure that there was quality there. And then now you know letting it have that ripple effect and mm -hmm. and and i think that that is exactly what's missing in bigger zeros um and even you know sponsor yeah. companies that they, have that they I mean, out to be like a factory of making crs yeah. exactly i mean it, background it, no common sense no nothing like just producing something exactly and then in the sense of you know um it's also very like a procedure based right so if somebody actually wants to or consider not wants to, but consider the idea of being a monitor or being a CTM or anything like that. You know, they can't necessarily put that time into you until you know that you want it. So That's then great. you're you're in that limbo, right? And now you're stuck or you can't move forward. Or if you do move forward, you're pressured to like it. And that takes the fun out of understanding your process through research, right? Yep. Um, and that's that's the problem, right? You're taking it out more for you're thinking more of the profit aspect and the 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 long-term profit from that individual as opposed to let's try to nurture that person let's make sure that they understand and know everything what they expect if you do that they will get quicker to where they need to be exactly. right and then you will have not only a great professional but now they're going to want to provide that guidance to somebody else and they're right. going to know how to do it because they receive the right guidance and i think that that's why there's a lot of no not, not as many mentors as there needs to be because you know you get that that um bitterness of like well i didn't have guidance and or you know it's also you know i just really don't know where to even start i just kind of was looking stuff around go research you know go research i can't really do much for you um and so yeah i think there's a lot of inner work that needs to be done just like what maps was saying and um, I'm really, you know, glad to hear that you guys do that and that y'all take, you know, pride in that and you really like care to do that because it yeah. does take time and effort. But yeah, and then and while they're while you're mentoring, they also get to see your relationship, right? Um, I think it's it says a lot when a couple um, not only works together and has, you know, the 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 powerhouse effect, right? But also so closely and in the same industry, that says a lot. And and so you know, kudos to you guys. Doing thank, what you do. you. thank you thank you you said something very very key in this like it's very procedural base instead of being passion something base that something that you can ignite something in, into research that you can get from the cra instead of boring them with procedures and how to do it and that's they that won't last that's why we are more like detail-minded more like family to you know minded or directed because we see it as a potential to grow, to pour in people that want to be a CRA. So. Exactly, exactly. And, and, and as you know, Ash, we, we spoke off the phone. We are trying to, we're going to be trying to develop a, a program where we can mentor more CRAs um, to help them in the industry because it's not easy to navigate in this industry. So hopefully we have better news after a couple of meetings and we can develop that. And we also have planning uh, a lot more things coming up. So um, just keep us in the loop. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Excited. I mean, and this is why, you know, but we're doing a bunch of things outside of like clinical research, but why we love this platform, because as we're meeting individuals like you all and maps and, and so on and so forth, 
we want to make sure that, you know, we share the information, we share your passion with everybody else and that we give people a pathway to individuals that actually care very much and that are trying to do and make change in the industry because it starts there, right? It's just somebody wanting to make change, wanting to make that difference. And then ultimately it doing the ripple effect because you're letting other people know that it's doable. It can be tough sometimes, but it's very doable. And so um, we hope to continue to facilitate you all as well as, you know, uh, uh, Vera and uh, the rest, everybody from MAPS. Um, so we would love to continue to have you guys here. And uh, we are already at 7.04 p.m. Central Standard Time. If anybody has any questions, please put it in the chat so that we can go ahead and make sure that, you know, we I have a, I have a, I have a, a, an answer for a question. We have four kids. There are 17, 16, 10, and 6. Wow. Yes. Wow. Somebody has something better. Good for you guys. That's yeah, good. That's awesome. Amazing. Yeah, that would be good. I love kids. I wonder how old their kids are. Oh. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Amazing. And if anyone asks me, uh, how do you do it? I have no idea. We have a lot of families. <laughs> 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 I, <laughs> I just have my fur baby that's it i can't <laughs> as far as it goes for me <laughs> i know i have two well, kiddos I, it's a challenge <laughs> it's a challenge within itself so so well, uh, awesome i think that that's pretty much it then for the night you guys thank you so much um, thank you everybody please go follow everybody here that we presented today um, we will also be including it on, you know, the, the video that we end up posting. If you all can please share your LinkedIn uh, page here on the chat so that uh, everybody oh, yeah, that is attending. Good. Everybody can, put your LinkedIn and we'll give time for everybody to go follow. For sure. I would like, like to recording. mention something very quick. Yes, yes Monica, go ahead. Um, just following on what Carla um, and Javier were mentioning about the education part and also the mentoring uh, that's also part of our mission, uh, Latinos in Clinical Research, and that's why we created um, the programs that we have available out there. So we have the CRC Academy, we have the CRA Academy, now we have the clinician uh, class, mm -hmm. the uh, investigator, the, the clinician investigator class, I forgot how College, we call it. College of Clinical yeah. Research Clinicians. Exactly. And, and data management is coming and uh, the uh, clinical research recruitment too. So stay clinical tuned. Trial that. Yeah. We're going to be working together a lot. A lot. We are ready. Yeah. And now our, because we were, we start creating different programs and now we put it all in one house and it's called uh, the university, the clinical research. The clinical, oh, sorry, the University of Clinical Research. Oh my God. Yeah. So just specializing everything, giving everybody the opportunity. And, uh, and, and the great thing is that it's not just the class, but we, we take it very personal. And, and, uh, and the students uh, basically uh, have contact with us constantly. So that's, yeah. that's the beauty of this. It's not just about having big numbers. Uh, a lot of students. Oh yeah, we got one of our first uh, husband and wife keeping the spirit of today. The first husband and wife internships. That's happening. great. It happened. And one of them is an intern for my site. And she's, okay. she's oh, that's really right. Good. 
Yeah. Yeah, she's she's an intern from that uh, dance side, and, and her husband's husband. intern for you. Yeah, for the CRC Academy and Latinos in Clinical Research. Yep. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and so we will definitely be having a video on that soon to give a little bit more detail, um, and you know, providing you know links and all sorts of things like that, you guys. But we just wanted to share that with you because if you do know of anybody that's interested in research, um, and you know, would very much be considering of this, or if you know any. Uh, international doctors that are really, uh, you know, interested in, you know, coming over here to the U.S. or here in the U.S. looking into uh, getting involved with research. This is definitely for them. And again, like Monica said, we really want to, this is part of our mission. This is important to us. And we want to use this platform to reach as many people as we can to let them know that regardless of your background, um, just a little bit of education, some good guidance and mentoring, it can go a long way. And we're here to do that. Uh, We want to be here for everybody so yeah thank you guys so much for everything and again if uh, please go ahead and add everybody on linkedin connect network this is what we're here for this is what it's for um we can do more things if we all just continue to communicate and connect and move forward our mission yeah thank you so much sarah vera javier and carla for sharing uh your story and for um motivating people out there <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Good to with us and having this time with us. Thank Thank you, guys. Awesome. Well, everybody, you you guys have a great night. Thank you so much, Latinos Mm -hmm. in Clinical Research. Mm -hmm. Till next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.